Welcome to Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. It's Tuesday, June 2nd. May flew by, and I honestly have little recollection of what took place last month. I wanted to start the podcast yesterday after being away for two weeks, but everything I wrote and each word I prepared seemed too difficult, just too hard. Many of you have contacted me and saying, why are you being so silent? I wasn't trying to be silent. I was trying to choose my words carefully. You know, I do always pray over these podcasts and ask God to help me speak not only truth, but I want to speak life and hope. As you know, these are tough times for our nation and for the world, unrest all around the globe. But what can I say? Lord Jesus, what can I bring? What on earth do I have to offer? Just before Dallas Willard died in 2013, he was working on a manuscript about truth in a postmodern world. The preface is free to download on his website. He was a brilliant man, brilliant mind, and his writing is brilliant stuff. Willard writes in the preface, beginning with Plato and continuing to present day, substantial human effort has been devoted to evaluating, justifying, and correcting moral practices, and doing so in moral terms. Willard calls this moral knowledge. Moral knowledge. All human beings have a hardwired moral aptitude or capacity. It's the way God designed us. This moral dimension is made up of choices we make with some sort of reference to what we believe is good and what we believe is evil, what is right and what is wrong. When there is an absence of biblical truth and biblical knowledge, the human race has a tendency to make up its own moral code something to fill that void. Willard put it perfectly. Any community will exhibit patterns of choices more or less recognized by its members. Those patterns usually guide responses to questions concerning what is right and what is wrong, what is good and what is bad, what is to be done and what is not to be done. They provide a framework for reflection on what is an appropriate action and then deems those as good character. Moral knowledge. Now, because of decisions we've made or allowed during the 20th century, our dilemma in the 21st century is a completely absurd moral knowledge. Abortion, same-sex marriage, transgender rights, and neo-Marxism, you see, we are reaping a boatload of immoral moral knowledge. I can say it's unreasonable in the archaic sense of that word, meaning that it's not guided by reason or logic. This type of moral code is without merit. In fact, it is often the antithesis of God's word and what is truth. And this explains why you might feel you're living right side up in an upside down world. Because God designed in each human being to have a moral direction, our world has formed a new moral code, not based on truth or even reality, but based on subjective and false virtues and false narratives. It's a completely flawed and erroneous moral knowledge. In fact, I'd say it's neither moral nor is it knowledge. 
Today in our postmodern world, conversations become a minefield of controversy and conflict. Don't dare disagree with this virtuous moral code. In fact, you'd better agree with all the hashtag mentality that's out there or you're a racist, a bigot, a Nazi, or even worse, a right-wing conservative. Just try to disagree with the virtuous signaling of hashtag me too, hashtag black lives matter, hashtag love wins, hashtag we're all in this together. You see, it's a tsunami of moral gesturing and navigating it is one of the most difficult tasks we face today as followers of Jesus because we are living in a post-truth world. And this post-truth world and its relativism not only challenges our past approaches to discussing the issues, processing the world around us, but it also challenges our right to investigate, to do research, and yes, even to think on our own and have our own thoughts. Because without reasoning, human beings become unreasonable. The riots and looting we are seeing across this nation are not a result of injustice. They're not a result of slavery or racism. They are a result of a vacuum of truth. They operate on an erroneous moral knowledge that is not based in truth or logic or reasoning or even justice. Thomas Sowell put it brilliantly when he explains the loss of logic in the quest for cosmic justice. Saul is a black conservative intellectual. He writes it this way. Ultimately, of course, what matters are not objective data, but how individuals feel. Here, no one can be contradicted by objective evidence, since objective evidence is irrelevant to how they feel. Saul nails that irrationality of feelings over facts. It's all too easy for white evangelicals to be overwhelmed by tragic injustices and then to slide down a slippery slope from those injustices to an erroneous cause and effect explanation of injustice. But causation and morality are two different things. And apparently we no longer have any idea of what those differences are. But there is a big difference between causation and morality. We see it in the streets burning and looting as we speak. But I want to deal with the hard data, not with what folks are saying they feel, because hard data speaks truth into our lives and should be at the root of how we know what we know is true. Hard data used to be able to stand up against so-called moral knowledge, but sadly, not anymore. Moral knowledge takes on the role of policing words and ideas and thought, which means disagreeing with people becomes impossible and freedom of speech and thought become not only censored, but dangerous. So when my virtuous, righteous, white Christian friends declare Black Lives Matter and post a Facebook Blackout Tuesday in the name of solidarity for George Floyd, I worry about disagreeing with them. The moral knowledge tyrant is sometimes most tyrannical within the white Christian so-called evangelical community. But regardless, I'm going to say what needs to be said. So here it goes. 
all lives matter. That's right. And slavery is not an excuse to loot and destroy private property. The whole purpose of rule by law is that enforcing the laws protects all citizens, not just a specific race. I mean, how many black business owners had their livelihood destroyed in these riots? How many black citizens have no way to live now that the stores in their neighborhoods are destroyed and buses have stopped and streets are unsafe? And if you think being a black man in America is dangerous, you're listening to propaganda and buying into a leftist ideology that will kill this country. Did you know that every two days a police officer is killed in the United States? Every 48 hours a police officer dies in the line of duty. Who wants that job? In 2018, over 180 police officers were killed in the line of duty, and that was up 13% from 2017. Over 1,600 officers were injured on the job in 2018, and that's just the ones who were treated by medical professionals. Some police injuries go unreported. And if you think whites dominate police forces across the nation, then please get a pen on pencil or piece of paper and listen to this. 14% of all police officers in America are black, an almost exact representation of their total population. Take that to New York City, and 53% of all police in New York City are people of color. White police officers are actually the minority there. And Ferguson, Missouri, you remember, the home of the infamous Michael Brown case? Again, majority blacks on the police force. Detroit's police department is not only majority black, but there are less than 14% white people on the Detroit Police Department. In the United States, 12,000 police departments nationwide and over 15% are led by black police chiefs, two of which are black female police chiefs. These are the facts, this is the data, and yet the lies we hear continue to influence what we believe. For example, a new headline in the LA Times, Getting killed by police is a leading cause of death for young black men in America. That's a lie. Do you want to know what the five leading causes of death among 20 to 29-year-old black men are? Number one, the number one cause of death among black men ages 20 to 29 in the United States is assault. In fact, 93% of black men in the age group that I just mentioned are killed by other black men. The number two cause of black men ages 20 to 29 in the United States their cause of death is alcohol and drug abuse and related deaths. Number three is suicide. Number four is heart disease. And number five is HIV. In 2018, 209 black men were killed by police officers in the United States. 399 whites were killed by police officers that same year, although crime stats show that black males are five times more likely to commit a crime than whites. Also, of the 2009 black men killed by police officers in 2018, more than 32% were black officers. One ridiculous politician who claims to be a conservative, Kay James, has said that America is irredeemably racist, and yet she heads up one of the largest conservative foundations in the United States financially supported by white Republican base. Really? And if we're so racist, someone explain to me how in the world did a majority white nation 
vote in a black president for two terms. It's mathematically impossible. We are a white majority population voting in a black president. That is not racist. And if you think police are racist, then why did the NPR, you know, one of the most liberal news sources in America, release the study, new study says white police officers are not more likely to shoot minority suspects. No one covers it. Nobody broadcasts it. You don't see the mainstream media publishing that study. It was released in 2009. I'm sorry, 2019. The report goes on to say a new peer-reviewed study of fatal police shootings says that white officers are not more likely to shoot and kill minority suspects. The critics contend it contain it doesn't address racial disparities by police. But what are they talking about? Because for these critics, facts don't matter. Data doesn't matter. Truth doesn't matter. We are living in a post-truth world. And yes, according to the Bureau of Justice stats, black offenders committed 52% of homicides recorded in the data between 1980 and 2018. Only less than 40% of the offenders were white. And homicide is just a broader category for murder, but, you know, let's not split hairs. It's important to note that black men commit nearly half of all murders in this country, which is astounding when you take into consideration the fact that they only make up about 13% of the total population. If you take that number into consideration of nearly 400 whites shot by police officers in 2018, compare that to 209 black suspects in that same year, you have to say if the tables are turned in any direction, it's toward the white suspects, not the blacks. More whites are killed by police every year, period. And that NPR study showed clearly that the race of a police officer does not predict the race of the citizen shot. In other words, black officers were just as likely to shoot black citizens as white officers were. And to try and say otherwise is just race baiting, pure and simple. And don't think this is just a worldly problem or for the lost of this world. The church is the worst at trying to virtue signal and look woke and evolved and ever so moral. I'm sickened by black evangelicals who proclaim, I participated in Blackout Tuesday on Facebook, don't actually have any black friends or invite black people to my home for dinner or know any black people or opt to live in a black neighborhood. But hey, I put in Blackout Tuesday. I did a hashtag, Black Lives Matter. And boy, am I feeling good. When was the last time any of these people invited a black person to church and just love on them? So we have a bunch of self-righteous white Christian Americans supporting the chaos going on across America. In the United States, yes, we have the right to to protest. Of course we do. But we do not have the right to destroy property. And the lies that are told to justify this looting and destruction, and yes, now murder, are what is called ideological subversion. It's a kind of brainwashing, pure and simple. And the idea that evangelical Christians aren't able to discern what is true and what is not is not only heartbreaking, but oftentimes downright frustrating. Well, this has been Truth Matters with Terry McCarthy. I hope you join me this week as we look at racism myths in America and why the church holds on to them so tightly. Thank you for listening. 
and I'll talk to you tomorrow.